I think the stigma of sex work is that we're, you know, conditioned that we shouldn't talk about it, we shouldn't be open about it. And, you know, having broken down that barrier and being unapologetic and just being like, well, this is my work and I'm not going to like shy away from that. Um, yeah, I think having that kind of at the forefront of starting a relationship is just really important. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. Also, just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast on Apple to please leave us a five-star review that really helps us grow on the podcast and better share the information with our guests on the sex work community as a whole. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education, stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms. Their platform, Tris.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed. Welcome back to on the Horizon with myself, Lotus Lane, and Melrose Michaels. And today we have a very special guest, Jessa Jordan, who is here to talk with us and debunk the myth that sex workers and adult performers are undateable and unlovable. Uh, so yeah, let's get right into it. Jessa, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Howdy, it's your girl, Jessa Jordan. I am a model slash performer slash stripper slash sugar baby slash i've done every type of sex work there is at this point um and yeah i i feel like i don't even know i'm so bad at introductions i am based <laughs> in philadelphia so i'm east coast um and i've been in the sex industry at this point since ooh, 2012 so yeah, so let's get into this idea that adult creators are not dateable. A lot of people will say that because, like, obviously, if we're popping pussy on the Internet, what person would want to partner with someone like us? But I know from seeing your feed and just how open you are, Jessa, that you are dating and you are possibly loving being in <laughs> I should hope so. I mean, I'm a non-monogamous human and have been for some time now. And so I actually met my current partner while I was already partnered with someone else. Oh, nice. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, we met at a foot fetish party, actually, because he has a foot fetish. Oh, And cute. so, yeah, so it's very much like, all right, like, I'm working, but we're also going to be a little romantic, have a little flirty moment. And uh, we keep debating what our actual origin story was as far as our relationship because he tells it as he approached me but i tell the story that i approached him and <laughs> i love that i think because 
you know, since I was the one that was working, I just, it was kind of like this weird moment of you just see someone across the room and you're like, you look so out of place. Like, what is going on? Also, like, you're really cute. I want to talk to you. So I'm going to find out what's going on. <laughs> it was like that energy pull. It was just meant to be. Yeah. That's cute. I love when that happens. Magnetic. And it's been almost five years now. So oh, it'll be wow. five years in May. Interesting. Well, early congratulations on that five-year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the origin story of how y'all met, like, because everyone has this idea that it's really hard to date adult creators or, like, mainstream porn stars and that, like, we can't have normal, healthy relationships. But I think really while maybe how we come together in sex work with our partners can be a little untraditional, I think a lot of the actual what happens behind the scenes in terms of relationship can be very traditional. Would you say that that's similar to your <clears throat> Definitely. Um, especially because we met at, you know, a, a foot fetish party. Yeah. So that was extremely untraditional, very unconventional. And um, I don't know, in general, like, I think it can be really interesting because so much of how sex workers end up meeting partners is usually tied to work. Um, you know, you have a lot of on-set romances when you're shooting films or if you um, are, you know, in a strip club setting, like you might meet someone there and you end up exchanging contact information. So it definitely, at, at least in my life and in some of my friends' lives, it's usually been tied to work because we're workaholics. Okay. Um, and if not, you know, the most, um, I guess, unconventional aspect too is just like, you know, sliding in someone's DMs as well, like. It's funny so. you mentioned that because like even right now, I feel like sliding in DMs, I feel like that's becoming the new traditional way of like <laughs> into Yes. Right. It used to be super weird. Like, how dare you? Who would date? The Instagram's not for dating, but actually now yeah. it kind of is. <laughs> I feel like I noticed people giving out Instagrams before phone numbers is like kind of like that first yeah. barrier sometimes. Or Snapchat. Especially, like, as a sex worker, mm -hmm. I want to know how they're going to react to this whole persona before we even yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah, that's real. You, it's almost like a filter, too, because it, it like it pre-qualifies anyone approaching, like, this is what you're getting, this is what it is. Very true, very true. Right. You have, and you were mentioning earlier that you have other friends, adult creators that are mm -hmm. in other relationships, too. Like, how is that, like, navigating relationships? Like, do you guys discuss, like, the different issues that you have and and things as far as like outside world kind of like judging or thinking like how are you guys even together how do you make this work like certainly so it's so interesting because I feel like the friends that are in long-term relationships similar to mine you know it's like they started their relationship prior to them becoming sex workers and so I think that has a lot to do with the longevity of their relationships and why they've been able to thrive but for people who are starting newer relationships, you know, less than a year, less than two years, it's still that idea of, you know, transparency and just being honest about it. Like, I I think the stigma of sex work is that we're, you know, conditioned that we shouldn't talk about it, we shouldn't be open about it. And, you know, having broken down that barrier and being unapologetic and just being like, well, this is my work and I'm not going to, like, shy away from that. Um yeah, I think having that kind of at the forefront of starting a relationship mm -hmm. is just really important. I'm glad you said that because I definitely sensed a feeling maybe like especially in the beginning when we first started 2012 and maybe people that had experiences from before was like 
not maybe disclosing that you do sex work at first to people and then waiting some months. And I just thinking of doing things in that scenario feels disastrous to me because it's without maybe without the intention of, but it's very deceiving. Yeah, it's very deceptive. People need to know what they're getting up front. It it would be the same way as us dating a civilian. And we found out they didn't have a job or something. And they're like, going to work every day. Like, okay, (laughs) it it was I think it puts a bad those kind of interactions probably put a bad taste in people's mouths about dating sex workers because it makes us seem duplicitous in ways when we're just trying to protect ourselves because of all of the shame and stigma that exists out there. Yeah. I think there's actually a term for that. I, I think it was called honeypotting. Oh, yeah. Where it's oh, like really? Intentionally being deceptive in order to like lure someone in. Oh, cool. Um, Interesting. I could see how that like plays honeypotting. I've never heard of that before. I mean, it's not a cool uh, thing to do. No, not at all. But uh, it's understandable for sure. Yeah. There was, um, yeah. when I, I had gotten into a relationship or I was on a few dates with this person and I like came up with this rule because I was back in the dating pool after being out of it for some time. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to give it three dates. And on the third date, like, I'm going to lay out all my cards because this person was a little bit older than me, wasn't like on social media and things. But I'm like, if by the third date, like, he doesn't know this and I either accept it or, or decline it, like, I, I'm just going to waste all my time. I'm wasting his time. Like, that was kind of the way I approached it. And it was actually interesting because I told him and the way I said it was like, I just want to let you know that um, I have this this thing that I don't know if you're going to be comfortable with. And this is like my work. And I explained it. And I was like, this is kind of like my catch. This is what I'm expecting you to view as like my catch, you know? And then he had come out and told me that he was actually uh, dealing with cancer. He was going through cancer. And so me opening up that like intimate like moment to be very brutally honest in a very early stage allowed him to like put his cards on the table and be like, okay, well, I'm also going through this. So if you aren't going to be here for this, like we should probably, you know, call it quits now. So like, I think that even sometimes good can come out of that, like vulnerability in that moment where you're like, hey, this is what we see is what you get. Like, this is the whole thing. And I I found that really interesting. It was a beautiful moment. Didn't last, but it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that that is really good acceptance moment between both of you. Um, I was wondering, Jessa, um, how do you think the interaction with your current partners now that you're a sex worker um, out and loud and proud then compare to previous relationships you might have had before sex work um and how maybe mm. communication <laughs> issues differ there you know just like how melrose kind of in in detailed like how we're very vulnerable allowed the, the other guy to be vulnerable like do you notice communication differences from pre-sex work relationships to like now sex relationships i think in addition to uh, the fact that I was doing sex work part time, so like once I became like a full time worker, I think that that also changed my mentality of it. Um, so in terms of that, there's like two different, I guess, pre communication styles. But hmm, for earlier relationships, yeah, there definitely was, I think, more of a disconnect for me where I was like, oh well, I can tell them that I'm going, you know, to be doing xyz things with my friends for the weekend or i'm doing you know it would be like it depended mostly on the type of relationship with that person whether it was just kind of like you know more of a fling or a short-term relationship versus if i thought that that was going to branch out into a longer relationship but yeah i definitely remember being um a lot more hesitant a lot more uh unlikely to you know, disclose what I was doing at certain times just because yeah. I 
wasn't sure like how they would handle it or how it would fit into that relationship that I had with that person at that time. Uh, and now it's kind of like the first thing that I share about myself usually, but um, yeah. Yeah, I can, I, I definitely relate to that. That's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, it's interesting because I, I feel in a way, um, once you become a sex worker and you date and you have to disclose your catches um, in order to be fully transparent, it just makes us be a little bit more transparent. I notice myself, I'm a lot more transparent than I was in previous dating where, yeah, depending on whether this is a fling or I think it's going to be long lasting, I might say different things in a different way or might kind of like mask certain feelings or, you know, project certain behaviors that isn't I, I think I'm a lot more authentic. I don't know if that's true for the two of you, but um, yeah, us being so judged, I just feel like, okay, judge, yeah. judge away, make, make it happen, either judge or and accept or, or don't judge or judge and move on or yeah. don't judge and accept. Um, but yeah. I think too, it was just also being younger. Like I'm in my thirties now and I feel like being you know, a worker who started out at 19, it's just yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, not being able to really find words sometimes to kind of explain like what this work is or, you really? know, at the time, even if I was going to be doing it long term, because like, well, what's there to talk about if this is a temporary position for right. me? Right. Yeah. Because when you're <laughs> so... starting, you don't know that you're going to be here 10 years later um, and then thinking 10 years beyond that. So, yeah, That's yeah, I hear you. There's, there's Interesting. also like I love that you brought up age because I, I, the way I approach and talk about my work in when I started 11 years ago. The way I talked about it then and approached it back then was so different than the way I do now. Like something about being in your 30s is just like, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> right. just do what you want. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that part, that part. It's like, child, it's all out there. And at this point, I have such a large uh, social media footprint that I feel like even if someone just Googled my nickname, I feel like it would still come up because obviously Jess is not my real name. But like, it would just all this information about me would pop up and, you know, scenes that I've done, uh, photo shoots that I've done. So like someone would easily be able to and have actually, uh, you know, I've had some very interesting conversations with partners, parents because they oh. Google. So it's like, oh, dear. How has that been like? Ooh, child. Um, yeah. What was brought up and how did you handle that? So I've also done a good bit of advocacy around abortion rights. OK. Um, fuck the SCOTUS. And so literally it's, I've had, you know, articles where I've written things and shared my opinions and just those were the ones that ended up circulating with a very conservative family member. And um, it became like a very awkward, you know, just because I'd been seeing this person for so long already, like I was already indoctrinated into their family and everyone loved me, but they were just like, oh, this kind of is a an interesting little you know new fact about you yeah and i remember just specifically when it came up it was in the context of someone else's family member having a difficult time with um you know their decision around their pregnancy and i you know just kind of blurted something out and they were just like oh you know and i was like yeah i've actually written articles about this and, you know there's books and there's all these different uh pieces of media surrounding you know how they can best make their decision so you know here's several links and several things and so i kind of ratted on myself in that way but you know <laughs> we just we had 
we had the conversation and I was like, look, like I know you guys are super conservative. You know, that's your position. And that's fine. Um, as long as you respect that I do not agree with you, I don't think we'll have any issues. And this really doesn't have to come up every time we see each other. Like, it's really just, I hope this helps the person that it needs to. And yeah, we'll just let it be that. But yeah, that's the wonderful thing about maturity. It's just being able to respectfully disagree with someone. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they were mature yeah. enough to accept the respectful disagreement as well. Yeah. Especially because it was your partner's family, not your own. So that could be I wonder, interesting. Do you ever find that people project their expectations for like an adult creator or like a porn star's relationships onto you? Like, do you feel that they come into like your space with this preconceived notion of what your relationship is like? To a degree. Yeah, I think especially <laughs> in the sense of like fans and like supporters and things like that, like they definitely have made comments where I'm like, now, why would you think that about this relationship that's just de- like developing pretty much before your eyes? <laughs> um, but I think it's just because there's so much projection just in general based off of like, you know, any type of media personality, like because mm-hmm. people don't actually know you, they have these um what are they called in parasocial relationships where they're just filling in the gaps of what they think about you based off things that you post. And it's not wrong, but it is just like yeah. very strange sometimes, especially when they share those details with you. Cause you're like, that couldn't be further from the yeah. truth, but like, how would you know that? Right. Like, right. you're not like hiding in my trash can. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> learning all this stuff about me. Yeah. So, like, what do you think some of the projections have been about you specifically that fans or outsiders have made assumptions thinking about you and the type of relationship they would think you would have or whatnot? I think because I've actually said in other interviews that I am in mostly like female led relationships. So they think that I'm like super dommy and like very aggressive. And that's not necessarily I was like, I think this is getting into fantasy land now where it's like you want that to be the case. Yeah. But that makes sense. I've had that happen too when I'm talking about like my bisexual relationships or like I've made, you know, content with ex-girlfriends and I'm like, oh, you must be like this and like this. And, like, uh, and then oh, no. or also just the general, like it must be so much fun to sleep with you. I'm like, most nights I'm really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like because they always see us in like lingerie and things and like highly made up. They just think that yeah. we're like in that mode 24 seven and it's like. The other one is that, too, we're, like, super, like, overtly sexual, where it's, like, no, it's it's a pretty normal sex drive. I feel like it's not, I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but, like, my libido is not, like, super high, whereas, like, I think I get that projection a lot. And, I mean, we could go on forever about, you know, the, the racial implications, but it's, like, I, I'm i not, like, horny 24-7. Like, that's not just really. not. <laughs> <laughs> I would like yeah. to pretend, but, yeah, I know. Being horny 24-7, you're eventually going to be tired of being horny. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying um, with fans, um, with the type of performances that you do or sometimes because I've done Dom stuff or I've done strap-on work. They think that that's going to be the type of person I am in a relationship when, I mean, it's a very fun role to act out. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, for love and relationship and intimacy, it's a different person. That's the the image of Lotus. This is the reality of Lotus over here. Absolutely. Do you, in your circle, like friend circle, 
in terms of like work friend circle, do you feel like a fair amount of other people you've worked with or come into contact in the industry are also in stable, happy relationships? Or at least when they're dating someone that they're fairly normal compared to like civilian relationships? The overwhelming amount. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's always that one chaotic friend who their relationships are just like <laughs> constantly on fire. But <laughs> most of my friends, because uh, I think we're all a little older, I don't think I have any friends who are younger than 25 at this point. And so I think they not only like found that grounding in themselves, but also like what they want realistically out of partners and dynamics and just figuring out like where everything fits in the long term aspects of their lives. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm like trying to think like, hmm. or, you know, the converse is that there are just like perpetual singles who don't actually want to be in relationships. And it's not because of work necessarily so much as they are just doing that internal work on themselves and just want a little bit more time to really get to know themselves i love that that's that's so true i feel like so much of the conversations are are around sex work if people just would view us as people first versus sex workers they would understand that the numbers the way things work it's pretty much the same we just have a different line of work and like yeah like for myself speaking for myself i've been with my husband seven years dating and i don't even know four years married something like that but no, oh, congrats. We, no, thank you. <laughs> time flew. I don't, we yeah. talked about that the other day. I'm like, it's been a fucking long time. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, But our friends will like come up to him like, it's so, it must be so cool dating a porn star. And I don't consider that term like does not belong to me. I don't consider myself anything close to that. But um, he's like, it's actually just like dating every other girl I've dated, except she wears lingerie for everyone but me. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like when I'm hearing us talk about relationships and how we've dealt with them, um, a lot of the things that people think are the reasons why we're not dateable, um, like us being in porn, being intimate, whatever, online and it bearing ourselves is actually what's made us better at relationships than maybe we might have been before because we are comfortable having direct conversations. We know how to communicate, whether it's been when we're discussing uh, a shoot with someone or a collaboration and what, what we're going to work on. I mean, I think like definitely my communication skills have leveled up 100% um, since being in the adult industry all of this time. Um, so the things that people want to use against us and say, oh, these are reasons why they're undateable are actually like enhancements like we know how to communicate. We know how to be in touch with our sensuality. We know how to hold space for others when they're trying to explore their sexuality. I mean, what could be better than dating someone yeah. like that? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's funny because I think that that's something my husband has mentioned to me countless times is how much his communication has improved from dating me because I'm very thorough. Like I, I will beat the horse where I'm like, let's talk about this. Why do you feel this way? How did you get from A to B? Why are we here now? Is this really significant? Like, I will go in on things and he's like, I didn't know how to talk before you. And <laughs> I feel like that is definitely a credit to sex work because you're discussing boundaries and feelings and was this good for you and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't have like I've talked to regular like civilian friends about that where I'm like, have you ever gone over like first off consent? Like, do you ask for consent? And that question is usually like, no, like we can tell if we're consented. Like you can't. You don't know that. Like you have to say it. And then also yeah. like boundaries, like, do you ask them if you can do this or that? And like, no, that seems odd. I'm like, actually, it can be really sexy. Like, you're doing it wrong. Um, but I think that yeah. communication and especially sexually 
you it leads to better sexual experiences in your relationships because you have that skill set that I don't find a lot of my couple friends who are outside of sex work necessarily have have developed. Right. Yeah, I fully agree. And I mean, for listeners out there that may be like wondering what is typical relationship life, relationship life like for sex workers? Like, is it like we're going to sex parties all the time and bringing in like thirds and fourths? I mean, maybe if we're poly, but you know, what in your opinion, Jess, is like your day to day with your partner your long term Ooh, um, what is now that it's summer i feel like it's a lot more like outdoorsy adventure stuff uh so we like go high kayaking um beach trips you know things like that just trying to be outside in the sun as much as possible pool trips um and so yeah it's it's literally just we i like our dynamic because we give each other so much space like he's really big on video games and i like to read books and so literally there's just moments where he's playing video games in the living room and I'm just like in bed reading. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of like us playing with the cat <laughs> and just like, you know, being goofy, telling like weird jokes. We have like our, I feel like all relationships, you have your own little language that yes. <laughs> um, you've developed over the amount of time that you've been together. And so that there's a lot of that where it's like if yep. someone put a mic in our house, they'd be like, what gibberish is this? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, are they okay? Like, I love it. is there a gas leak? Like, what's happening? Um, so yeah, just a lot of that. Like, I, I think our relationship has a lot of like really strong elements of just allowing us to be playful and like fun with each other. Um, and that leads into ease with the yeah. serious stuff. So. Oh, I love that. I can relate to that. My husband's Sweet, literally yeah. kayaking right now. So it was like, that's so he said that kayaking is coming up a lot i was listening to a podcast earlier getting ready and they were talking about kayaking out of the blue in there so this is like a morning of kayak it's fun <laughs> it's oh my god and it's such a workout like i didn't yeah, think I that it imagine. was <laughs> uh, yeah the, the river might beat you up so just I be bet. prepared for that <laughs> so because you are a sex worker do you ever plan like work trips alongside with your leisure and relationship trips or like or is it like you're doing a relationship fun leisure trip and then you decide to work some little work elements in there too? Like, how do you balance that out? Um, at this point, just because of my partner's schedule, we don't end up performing as much together anymore. Uh, and so for me, it's been like work trips, you know, separate of leisure vacations because he just wants to be on vacation. He's not really interested in working while he, you know, isn't because uh, his primary work is, um, you know, completely separate of sex work. And so, yeah, it's definitely like when we were first dating, it was a lot of like work on top of leisure. Just I think like our first three trips together, like we, you know, were definitely like shooting scenes and he was like photographing me and like other people or, you know, being a videographer for me and other people. So, yeah, it was a lot of Oh, like come on this trip with me, but also here's a camera. Yeah, <laughs> I find that's my husband's like natural state these yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> like hold this. He knows what he's here for. <laughs> this is good. You really highlighted the the normalcy of like a sex working relationship, even with a non traditional origin story, which is like we said in the beginning. I find that that's true for a lot of us. Um, but at the end of the day, we're just in our you know relationships, being weird and saying goofy things no one would understand. And, 
like in my house household i'm like me and my husband always spell words in front of our pets like they can read <laughs> like uh, when people visit they're just like we know what you're spelling <laughs> it's like those things get away from you because it's just a normal relationship that's kind of what happens and how it goes and i think that for anyone listening i hope that that's kind of what they take away yeah and even going back to what you're saying uh he knows what he's here for it's a lot less you know big spoon a lot more big uh tripod yeah <laughs> i love that Hell yeah. that's perfect that's what we need as sex workers we need a big tripod not necessarily big yeah <laughs> Because then you're in the camera with us and we can't have that right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, real quick. One of the questions just popped up in my head is, had you ever had to deal with jealousy in your relationships? Like within your work interactions, was there ever a sense of like, I feel like you're a little too close with this work partner? Or can you explain the dynamics so I know just how close you guys are or any kind of like instances like that? Thankfully, in this current relationship, this person is doesn't really have a jealous bone in his body, which I know, trite as that sounds, but um, definitely in earlier relationships, uh, oof, one of my first relationships where I was just dancing and nude modeling, and that person was like constantly freaking out, just being like, well, you know, if you're doing this for all these random people on the internet, like, you know, what are you doing? outside of work or like with other people and this that and the third or like you know like and it was so strange because that was like a situation shift in every like semblance of the word because he didn't actually want to claim our relationship like oh god such a strange human yeah and then um i definitely had like to actually end relationships um a couple of times just because people didn't really understand you know the dynamic of well, me and my friends like get naked and take pictures of each other and you know that's our work <laughs> like it's not right, right. there's nothing nef nefarious going on like we're just like we're hanging out sometimes we take our boobs out sometimes we don't and you know sometimes there's a video that ends up on the internet like yeah it's it's not really more than that like even transitioning into getting um you know into more like explicit like hardcore work it's like okay yeah like sometimes i will have sex with my friends but literally it's once the camera stops rolling, like that's not our dynamic anymore. Like that was literally just work and we're completely uh, like compartmentalizing yeah. our relationship. Yeah. So, and I think like people can't like disconnect themselves or like divorce their sexual, romantic, emotional selves from, you know, relationships in that way. Like it's really hard for Wacky. civilians sometimes. And yeah. That, that idea that sex can just be sex and doesn't need to be like love or like, romance like okay. a feeling attached yeah. of attachment to this yeah. person now or ownership for sure that's really good that you brought that up because i think some people think especially when it becomes friends and we're girls and we're making videos together and then they say oh we're going to the mall and they're like oh you're going to the mall no we rarely are going to the motherfucking mall like it's not always sex and orgies and parties just because you've seen one yeah. video like that yeah. Right. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. And you're not dealing with those kinds of situations anymore either. So yeah. that's really good. I wouldn't even know how to respond to someone. I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. I guess we're done here. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like there's not even a point in arguing anymore with uh, someone that has a mentality like that. At this point, I say, oh, those are the unhealed. Yeah. They're unhealed. Back They're home. still working through it. And I'll let them work yeah. through it on their own. Well, for you, Jessa, where can people find you on social and all your contents? Like, plug all of the things. 
Yes. So everything is available at Miss Jessa Jordan um, on all the socials, or you can check out MissJessaJordan.com. And that will link you to everything, everything behind a paywall. So <laughs> love it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so fun. This segment of today's episode is sponsored by sex.com. One of the absolute best content creator platforms out there. It looks better than any other, has a higher level of security than any other and boasts over 3 million unique visitors a day scrolling through viral looped adult short form videos. Sex.com is like, well, <laughs> sex itself. A lot of people do it. Some just do it much, much better than the others. Sex.com. If you're going to do it, do it right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. 